Welcome to the second episode of our Manufacturing in Canada series, where I sit down with thought leaders to discuss how big ideas and bold actions can propel the Canadian manufacturing industry into the next era. Today, we will explore workforce and labour challenges within the sector. For this episode, I am joined by Sylvia Gonzalez-Zamora, partner in the People and Change Practice and head of the Inclusion and Diversity Service Offering in Canada. Sylvia, thanks for joining. Thank you so much, Don, for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. That's great. In our last episode, looking at some supply chains, we chatted about how demand is not the issue for manufactured goods and how the real issues lies within the manufacturing capabilities to keep up. One of the key ingredients to output and capacity is the labor required to get the job done. So Sylvia, what are the major obstacles Canadian manufacturers are facing when it comes to the workforce? Thank you so much for that question, Don. It's definitely been an unprecedented year. We see the major obstacles in Canadian manufacturers today, basically in these three elements. One, the supply of talent. There's definitely been a shortage of that talent coming through the doors. Second, of course, is retaining that talent to be able to keep them in-house and obviously have that loyalty and long-tenured relationships that we aspire to. And third, having that capability to transfer the knowledge in-house, to build that knowledge from one generation to the other so that the organization can keep running and having all of those immediate turns and become more resilient. For example, we've seen some of our organizations are now looking at maybe understanding that talent from a different perspective. We see the alternative talent pools, the ones that have not been represented before, women in manufacturing, for example. Or we also have the students. We know now that there's an ability for us to bring together some of those universities and organizations, and some of them have gone far in these relationships so that they can acquire the talent sooner. So the industry is definitely changing in a positive way. Are there other aspects that you see in this regard? Well, we've definitely seen several examples in the industry where there's more education around how to recognize the talent that we have available in Canada through different ways. One of those avenues, for example, is understanding internationally educated talent, newcomers, trying to see, for example, where immigration can fulfill some of those talent pools, but also understanding the equity-deserving groups that we already have in Canada that may have not been given the opportunity before to be part of these talent pools. So definitely there's a lot of positive experience coming from this. We even see there's been change in legislation proposed for students to be able to start working earlier as they go through their co-ops or their internships. We see change in legislation, for example, coming in terms of the flexibility that some organizations can have to bring in the gig economy as well. So there's several opportunities for us to consider now as all of this is changing. Well, and one of the new terms that I've learned in the education uh, sector is uh, micro-credentials. And we're seeing a lot of micro-credential programs being offered to get people up the curve as quickly as possible so they're available to contribute to the workforce. So if we look at the short term, it seems that no industry has been safe from the labor shortage forced upon us by the COVID-19 pandemic. Manufacturers need to rethink when their people work, how they work, and what they work for, in other words, their purpose. 
So what is the first step manufacturers can take to fill the skill gap by building capabilities? Well, definitely the first step is flexibility. Flexibility is key. Understanding where their skills can be transferred from one area to another, and then bringing that flexibility into the workforce through maybe alternative scheduling. We see many Canadian organizations are now going through the gig economy. And if we bring that gig work into our manufacturing lines, we will be able to find those complementary skills that can fulfill those spaces. Uh, we also see, for example, that building that skill set through several people, not necessarily finding that unicorn that has everything in one person, but finding the complementary skills between different workforce talent pools. And of course, we also have some examples where we were, for example, giving a workshop at Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters recently, and they were giving an example of how they were able to provide a safe space where people felt that they were able to find the space for their families or caregiving responsibilities through a scheduling system that was similar to a retailer. They had all the shifts in a table and everyone was able to proactively find the best places that would uh, suffice for them to have their hours of work, maybe even add more hours as needed, but also to be able to take care of their families and maybe have each other's back and support each other that way. So it was definitely a great experience to hear how some of them are taking the new approach of scheduling. So everybody's personal situation will be different. Absolutely. We've learned that through the pandemic. You bet. So according to KPMG's CEO outlook, successful manufacturing firms understand that they need to articulate a compelling ESG strategy to attract talent and showing their commitment to ESG goals is the most effective way of doing this. However, projecting an image has more influence on new hires than existing employees. So how can Canadian manufacturers foster a quality culture and modernize the workplace to create competitive advantage? That's a great question. And from my perspective, what I've seen through our experience with Canadian organizations is that connection to quality, fostering a quality culture has actually changed from the times when we were focused on the Six Sigmas and the Kanbans. Now we're focusing on driving a purpose-driven inclusive culture. And what that means is understanding quality from the perspective of having everyone at the table, having everyone driving results from uh, the round tables where employees can find their own solutions, from the decision-making process, which is less hierarchical, understanding how each generation will be able to say and become part of the solution themselves. Uh, they see themselves as being owners of their own quality now. And that has really helped to foster the new culture, but also to modernize the workplace as we see new generations coming in and adding all of their perspectives. So then how can we continue to incentivize these workers and continue to attract this new talent into the manufacturing sector? Well, that's definitely connected to your previous question. If we drive through a common purpose and we provide that sense of belonging, then the employees are attracted to stay with you. They are also incentivized to become more of that knowledge transfer chain. They have apprenticeships, they treat others, they develop others. So every knowledge now not just resides on the top generation, but it's cascaded down to the next generations. 
And we even see that some organizations have gone so far to try to uh, bring in that or incentivize that next generation even outside of manufacturing today. For example, there was a Canadian organization that went into the high schools and started having presentations about what, how is it to work in a manufacturing line. And as part of the STEM, for example, uh, so science, technology, and mathematics were part of what the students may have not considered as this is what I want to work for in the future. But after these presentations, they've been able to attract girls that are now interested in science and boys who are now interested in mathematics. And they see a purpose to what they're studying right now towards a career that they could be very happy to take on in the future. So then we bring technology to the workforce. So we have things such as intelligent automation, which isn't new to the sector, but it's an area that's underutilized. If implemented properly, it's a way to save costs or reallocate costs by replacing mundane tasks with automation so workers can make more effective use of their time. How can manufacturers leverage this new technology and artificial intelligence to combat the current labor shortage? Well, there's definitely several ways to do that, but I would see it simply in three steps. The first step would be to analyze the workforce that you will need. Workforce planning will help you to understand how many people, how many full-time equivalencies do I need in order to support the work that I have to do. With this first step, then you can understand where can I digitize and standardize. If you standardize a process, then it's easier to digitize, to transform it to activities that a robot or a digital workforce or maybe an alternative source of effort can bring to you. For example, if we use AI to implement, then we would also need that third step. Before implementing the digital workforce or the robot, we need to train that AI to become that complementary workforce that we need to work along our humans. So in a way, we need humans to teach our AI implementation. And we will be building more business if we can understand the business rules that we use today and then the business requirements so that the AI can learn to make the decisions that humans now do. So Sylvia, we've looked at the current situation and then we've considered technology in the workforce. So let's look ahead a little bit to the future. I'd love to get your thoughts on where you think the future is headed in terms of the workforce. What effect will the evolving economy have on the workforce in the manufacturing sector going forward? That's a, a great question because we see things have been changing dramatically. So to set the context, it's very different today to think about a possible recession maybe with an economy shortage that we have today. This is a very different economy if we consider the bear economy. We will have impacts in our workforce because there is a labor shortage that doesn't change. We have an energy and supply shortage as well, which will be impacting our consumers. And of course, it will impact all of the production line as well. So this is definitely unprecedented as we've heard so many times before. And with this evolving economy, the workforce in manufacturing will always have to be proactively shortened in terms of understanding where can I be more efficient, but also elongated in terms of how do I build those long-term relationships with the knowledge transfer that I need to support. So it, it's going to be definitely a very different ballgame than we are used to.
So I agree with you. It is unprecedented and it will always be changing. But, you know, from your perspective, what will labor look like and how will labor coexist with technology and artificial intelligence and so on as we head further into the future? Well, we saw with the pandemic that digitization is not an option anymore. It's a must-have. So the future of manufacturing, from my perspective, will be to become more agile and to allow those digital assets to work hand-in-hand with our human effort. We are looking, for example, at shorter manufacturing cycles. And if we can produce the robots and the AI and the digital workforce that we need to support those shorter manufacturing cycles, we will also be able to, to build these futuristic maybe designs and productions through another lens, which is the digital twins, the metaverse. Now we're seeing that more and more of our organizations in Canada are looking at this to be able to design in a virtual space the maybe the product that they would have involved production before or supply chain before to have the first pilot. But now design and production can be seen throughout the virtual lens and, and it's incredible how things can turn around. Yeah, it's been amazing. Some of the exposure even I've had to some of this digital twinning and and the positive impact it'll have going forward. Sylvia, this has been very insightful, and I thank you very much for participating with us today. I think there are a lot of tools and skills pertaining to the labor force in the manufacturing sector that can really help to alleviate the pressure we've been experiencing in the last 18 to 24 months. Thank you so much, Dan, for the opportunity. And definitely, I agree with you. There's so much to learn from what we're going through. And we certainly see that this will be very interesting times in manufacturing. Okay, well, thanks again. And stay tuned for our future episodes of Manufacturing in Canada. Thank you. Thank you.